0: For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the American Veteran Show. I'm proud to finally say these two words: welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform, tremendous
1: national asset.
0: Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated Issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who have served their country in uniform. Less than one percent of the population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military.
2: And the other ninety-nine
0: percent of us, we owe them. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs.
3: Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show, our special Christmas Day 2022 American Veteran Show. Thank you so much for joining us and the merriest of Christmases and happy holidays to all of you. Thank you for making this program a part of your Sunday afternoon, Christmas Day or not. Coming up, we've got a great look from the 1940s at old radio programs starring, among others, Lionel Barrymore and Bob Hope. You'll also hear later in the hour coming up, we've got an entire segment on the Christmas message from 1943 from then-President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Thank you to our presenting sponsor. Couldn't do programs like this, or specifically this one, without. Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N, bosonlaw.com, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day. And you've seen the television commercials, no doubt. You've heard the radio commercials. If you somehow were connected with Camp Lejeune, please get in touch. With John Boson at three zero three nine 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 ninety nine ninety nine. They are involved in litigation and you may be owed for the uh, problems surrounding drinking water and toxins at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Let's get into it. This from the Christmas Eve broadcast on the NBC radio network. Christmas Eve,
4: 1943. This is Lionel Barrymore in Hollywood. And here it's Christmas Eve. The third our country's experience in the war. But tonight, I'm not going to play the part of Scrooge. Let me rather take you people of America by the hand to the side of your loved ones fighting in every quarter of the globe. Our president and commander-in-chief is with us, too. Now, no program of this type would be complete without the presence of a certain young man. His name is synonymous with joy to the G.I.'s, Uh, He's had the thrill of meeting most of them face-to-face, too. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the guest conductor of this worldwide tour, Bob Hope.
5: Thank you, relatives. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) This is Bob Christmas Eve Hope telling all you Americans to keep backing up our boys, and when Santa comes down from the ice and snow, he'll find us sticking together like Franklin, Winston, and Joe. (laughs) Yes, sir, I'm very happy to be on this wonderful Christmas Eve show. Christmas is so exciting here, you should see the Christmas trees in Hollywood Boulevard tonight. They floated down from the Yukon last week. (laughs) I don't mean to say that the snow has been that loose everywhere. I understand it's so cold in the Middle West that even the Republicans are waiting for the fireside chats. But but Christmas spirit really prevails in Hollywood. All the boys in the service are visiting the canteen. You know what the Hollywood canteen is? That's the only place in the world where a private is happier with one star in his arms than he would be with four on his shoulder. I saw... I saw W.C. Fields at the canteen, and he sat next to me, but that's beside the pint. You should... You should see his nose now that they lifted the dim out. It's wonderful. But I love Christmas because that's the time of the year that all my relatives come over and sit around the tree. And to think that only a few years ago, most of them were sitting in it. And... It sneaks up on you, doesn't it, huh? And you should, uh, you should see the Christmas cards I got this year. I got one card from Dorothy Moore with a picture of her and a sarong on it. What a picture. You know how George Washington looks straight ahead on a two-cent stamp? Well, in this envelope, he keeps peeking over his shoulder. <laughs> I got a lot of presents, but I received one present I heard ticking, so I threw it right into the bathtub, but I'm afraid I was a little hasty. Now I've got the only clock in the world where the cuckoo comes out every hour and blows bubbles. <laughs> Crosby gave his kids Indian outfits with real feathers. I don't know where he got the feathers. All I know is that yesterday I saw a stork flying over Los Angeles in a bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. And now for a visit with the men in North Africa. We go across the Atlantic and down the Mediterranean to Algiers.
1: It's now after three o'clock on Christmas morning in Algiers. Less than two hours ago, the last soldier of midnight mass checked in his dark. It's quiet now, but in this headquarters city, men and women are working. There are the truck drivers and railway engineers getting supplies up forward. The anti-aircraft gunners watching. The signal operators sending messages. In a few hours, another working day begins for everyone. But, in spite of work and war, the generous spirit of Christmas is not forgotten. Hardly a barracks or a company street is without its old-fashioned American Christmas tree. And hundreds of parties have been given by army and navy men for the children of North Africa. A typical one took place this afternoon at the Red Cross Club for the men of the 12th Air Force Fighter Command to entertain French war orphans. Here's one of the French-speaking signers, Sergeant John Stewart, of deputy Alabama. Sergeant, did the youngsters enjoy themselves? You never saw 56 kids
6: so happy and excited. They haven't had much in the past few years, and the fighter command has rather doffed them. We're going to give them their Christmas dinner tomorrow. What happened at the party?
1: Well, there was French and American carol singing. A Mickey Mouse movie... And we gave each boy and girl his own big shopping basket full of woolen clothes, toys, candy, nuts, and fruits. The men and in the side of command had contributed money and their rations, and even Christmas food from home. Thank you, Sergeant Stewart. We in Africa are with you at home in spirit tonight.
5: And now to meet some of the men of the Navy's air arm. We take you to one of the fightingest carriers of them all, a ship whose name and location must remain secret.
2: Now we are speaking to you from one of the greatest fighting ships in the United States Navy. An aircraft carrier. This is a flat top. We are gathered here on the hangar deck this Christmas Eve, and a Christmas party is in full swing. That's the noise you hear in the background. But here's a Christmas party the likes of which you've never seen before. We're at one end of a tremendous room. In front of us in a cleared space is a gaily decorated Christmas tree glowing with lights of every color. Grouped about the tree, exchanging gifts, are members of the crew, and beyond the crew, one can see airplane after airplane. These men in this aircraft carrier have... Been in the thick of action ever since the war started. We'd like very much to tell you of their gallant war record, where they've been and what they've done, but that accounting must wait. Suffice to say, the enemy has felt the sting and blows of this floating airport time and time again. Well, now let's move over toward the Christmas tree and meet a few of the crew members. Good evening, sailor. What's your duty aboard ship? I'm a signalman. What's your actual duty? I stand by to receive signals that may change the course and speed of our ship. And how do you like spending Christmas Eve aboard an aircraft carrier? Well, naturally, I'd like to be spending at home with the folks, but I think I have a mighty important job to do here. Good for you, lad. Now, here's a boatswain made second class. Uh, what's your battle station, sailor? Sky forward. And where's that? Uh, the control station in the forward part of the ship. What do you do there? I helped the guns get on target. And where do you hope to be next Christmas? Wrapped around a big piece of lemon pie at home or on liberty in Tokyo. (laughs) Good for you. Here's another sailor. Uh, How many Christmas Eves have you spent aboard this uh, carrier since uh, war was declared? Four. Your fourth? That's right. Yes, but wait a minute now. This is only the third Christmas since war was declared, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, one Christmas we crossed the international dateline and had two Christmases two, uh, two days in a row. <laughs> Christmas two days in a row? You have a, you've had all sorts of Christmas celebrations. Are you looking forward to next Christmas? Sure I am. I'm looking forward to be back in Tennessee. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'll bet you'll be there, too. And now, man, may I have your attention, please? We are broadcasting a portion of our Christmas party all over the world.
3: Would you like to shout your greetings to everyone listening in? Yeah! that's grand. Hope you're enjoying this special edition of the American veteran show Christmas 2022. And we're taking you back to Christmas Eve of 1943 as broadcast on the NBC radio network coming up. You'll hear more from Bob hope as they try, at least at the time on Christmas Eve of 43, they try to use the technology that was then available to go around the world. And I've got to say for being 80 years, almost later, they did a pretty good job thank you to our veterans our veteran families and to all of you who serve in our active duty we do this program for you god bless america and merry christmas we're back with segment two coming up next on the american veteran show americanveteranshow.com
0: now back to the american
3: veteran show here's Stephen tubbs Thank you so much for your listening to us on the American Veteran Show throughout the year. We're coming up here at the end of our season six. We'll start a brand new season, season seven, in the month of February. We continue this special Christmas 2022 edition of the program with a look back at Christmas Eve 1943. Bob Hope, Lionel Barrymore, Bing Crosby. And as we enter this next segment, what you'll hear is, well, it's too bad we couldn't get in touch with the folks in New Guinea. Well, think about when this was and the advent of radio. This is only about just a hair more than 20 years old at that point. The radio industry in this country, this Christmas Eve broadcast on the NBC radio network, Christmas 1943 during World War II. We're
5: mighty sorry the boys in New Guinea can't hear us right now. We had them on the line just a moment ago, and this is the message they sent us. It's Christmas Day here in New Guinea. All over this island, American and Australian troops, together with their native helpers, have managed to observe the holiday to the best of their ability. Some were able to sing a carol or two last night, and a surprising number contrived to attend the religious services held last night and still being conducted today from the north bank of the Massawong River to the bomb-scarred chapels of Port Moresby. But everyone found time to open his presents and read his mail. Other than these activities, Christmas on New Guinea is a case of it being Saturday and another day of war. Trucks going to war or coming back from the war. Planes are either going out or returning from combat missions. And every once in a while, a line of natives passes by, silent and intent on holding up their end of the fight. I wish you had a chance to talk to some of our boys out here. There is Staff Sergeant Paul Blasewitz, formerly the Bronx of New York City, and now with the Troop Carrier Command. Blaisewicz is a tail gunner in a flying fortress, only they don't carry bombs, they carry freight. They call them fighting freighters because that's where they haul things they've also got to be able to fight. This is his second Christmas out here, but he says this one is a lot better than last year because they're better organized for things like Christmas. For instance, this morning he made his usual run, but by the time he, we hauled some stuff over to the boys at Arroway, that's over on New Britain, and the Japs didn't give us any trouble at all. Just now, Blaisewicz has taken it easy, waiting for the next job to come along. And then there are the Australians down here. Boy, what a bunch of fighting men. Just now, many of them are spending their Christmas up in the Ramu Valley. You know, they've got a funny custom in the Australian Army. All of the officers roll up their sleeves and serve the Christmas dinner to the enlisted men. And that's going on today wherever the Aussies are fighting. And that's what's happening out here in New Guinea. We know that all you people back home are working with all your might to make such a broadcast as this completely unnecessary on Christmas Day of 1944. And that's the message. Well, believe me, fellas, we can't wait till the American forces return to the United States, but we realize there still is a big job ahead. A very big job to be done on both sides of the war and home fronts, and the sooner we finish both jobs, the sooner our boys will come home.
7: You know, Robin, the Navy is doing a huge
5: share of that job, too. Boy, you can say that again, Bing. Let's cut in on Christmas Eve doings on one of Uncle Sam's mighty battle wagons.
4: To greet the holy night... Not gave for world its Christmas rose Its king
8: of love and
4: love This is Christmas Eve with the Blue Jackets aboard a United States battleship. Listen while Blue Jacket McMillan, Seaman First Class, is singing Yesu Bambino for the ship's crew. quarters With the men gathered around their tree. It's a swell party that's been going on for some time, and there's lots more to come. Here's Chester William Smith, who has been emptying the fun for the crew. Chet? Are the boys having a good time? Yes, sir. Did the men get all their packages and mail from home? You bet. And all those packages and all that mail made it a great Christmas. Okay, fella. We know you're going to top it all off with a grand turkey dinner tomorrow, but right now, let's get back over there with the band and sailing, sailing. this big battle line we take you to the boys guarding our lifeline
9: on the big ditch at Panama. This is Corporal Harvey Chester speaking from Panama. With me is Corporal Wesley Parsons, one of the men who carved out the jungle positions protecting the canal. What are the boys doing at your position tonight, Wes? 100% of them are thinking about Christmas back home. Well, so am I, but that's not all, I hope. No, as a matter of fact, the boys are having a Christmas dance right now. For the first time since we put in that position, there are some girls there. I'll bet that Christmas party is different from the ones back home. It sure is. Instead of snow on the ground, we have green grass. There's a warm breeze and the birds are singing. Oh, how about Christmas services, Wes? There aren't enough chaplains to go to all positions, but we'll hear the midnight service over the radio. Turkey dinner tomorrow? You bet, with all the trimmings. I'm going to wish a Merry Christmas to my folks in Charleston, West Virginia, Wes. Where are yours? Detroit, Michigan. Merry Christmas. From the jungles of Panama and with a Christmas greeting to all, we take you to Hawaii.
7: This is Sergeant Merle Miller of the United States Army speaking from the Central Pacific area. Naturally, our thoughts turn toward home on this third Christmas Eve since Pearl Harbor, and all of us wish we could be with our families and friends. We're not exactly without friends, but no matter how well you get along with your buddies, they don't take the place of the folks you've left behind. If opening gifts and having a good dinner were all... Christmas overseas would leave little to be desired, but of course, there's more to it than that. However, there's going to be plenty of turkey all around, and most of us already have received a generous stack of mail from home. Summing up our observation of the news from the home front, we wonder if victory couldn't be stepped up if there was less time spent on small-town politics, labor disputes, and ballyhoo. We're not kicking, we just wonder. Over here, where all work is considered essential war work, The activities of the civilian and military population are not too widely separated. We still have a 10 o'clock curfew and blackout and early closing hours in town. Taking everything into consideration, we're pretty well off. That was Sergeant Merle Miller, Bureau Chief of Yanks Pacific Edition. Standing by at a vantage point overlooking Pearl Harbor is Marine Private First Class Harry A. Jackson. This 19-year-old Marine from Pitchfork, Wyoming, was in the first wave that stormed the beaches of Tarawa in the Gilbert. Come in, Private Jackson. Since December 7th,
4: 1941, when Christmas was all but totally blacked out, Pearl Harbor is slowly but surely being avenged. Coral Sea, Midway, Guadalcanal, Kiska and Attu. And now the Gilbert. And after you've been through Tarawa, you begin to realize, maybe for the first time in your life, what Christmas is all about. It's a lot more important to you. And I don't mean just getting presents either. On Tarawa... You don't think a hell of a lot about Christmas, but on Christmas, you think a hell of a lot about Tarawa. Us fellows that are fighting out this way are backed by a vast civilian force of skilled workers at Pearl Harbor, whose job it is to keep us and our gear fit to fight. These Pearl Harbor workers are able to take time out this Christmas to celebrate the birth of him who promised peace on Earth. But the pause this Christmas will be a brief one. Because every fighting one of us is on the road that leads to Tokyo, and Tokyo knows we're on the way. From Pearl Harbor, where the stars and stripes still fly, and the Christmas tree lights are on again, it's a Merry Christmas to you all at home.
3: Once again, from Christmas Eve 1943, here on the American Veteran Show, as we present to you a Christmas edition of the program here in 2022 and almost 80 years ago the special NBC radio broadcast again on christmas eve of that year 3 years basically 3 christmases into world war II. coming up the message on that very radio program from fdr that comes up next this is the american veteran show americanveteranshow.com and a very merry christmas to you
0: welcome back to the american veteran show We continue now with Stephen Tubbs.
9: I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the one I used to know.
3: Welcome back to the program and a very Merry Christmas to you and your family and Happy Holidays, if it's not Christmas that you celebrate. But thank you for caring about our veterans. Thank you for being a veteran. Thank you for being a veterans family member. Thank you to our active duty and our active duty. Family members, friends, we do this program for you every single week. And I thank so much producer Michael Arpaio for the excellent job he does week in and week out. Now, this program, we are focusing on another radio program from Christmas Eve, 1943 it was on the NBC radio network. And as part of their looking around at uh, bases and such far away lands. And especially considering radio was only a little more than 20 years old in 1943. It was amazing what they were able to do and also get the attention of then President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who addressed the nation.
6: If we are willing to fight for peace now, is it not good logic that we should use force if necessary in the future to keep the peace? I believe and I think I can say that the other three great nations who are fighting so magnificently to gain peace are in complete agreement that we must be prepared to keep the peace by force. If the people of Germany and Japan are made to realize thoroughly that the world is not going to let them break out again, it is possible and I hope probable that they will abandon the philosophy of aggression, the belief that they can gain the whole world even at the risk of losing their own souls. I shall have more to say about the Cairo and Tehran conferences when I make my report to the Congress in about two weeks' time. And on that occasion, I shall also have a great deal to say about certain conditions here at home, but today I wish to say that in all my travels at home and abroad it is the sight of our soldiers and sailors and their magnificent achievements which have given me the greatest inspiration and the greatest encouragement for the future. To the members of our armed forces to their wives, mothers and fathers I want to affirm the great faith and confidence that we have in General Marshall and Admiral King, who direct all of our armed might throughout the world. Upon them falls the responsibility of planning the strategy, of determining where and when we shall fight. Both of these men have already gained high places in American history, places which will record in that history many evidences of their military genius that cannot be published today. Some of our men overseas are now spending their third Christmas far from home. To them and to all others overseas, or soon to go overseas, I can give assurance that it is the purpose of their government to win this war and to bring them home at the earliest possible time. And we here in the United States had better be sure that when our soldiers and sailors do come home they will find an America in which they are given full opportunities for education and rehabilitation and social security and employment and business enterprise under the free American system. And that they will find a government which... By their votes as American citizens, they have had a full share in electing. The American people have had every reason to know that this is a tough and destructive war. On my trip abroad, I talked with many military men who had faced our enemies in the field. These hard-headed realists testify to the strength and skill and resourcefulness of the enemy generals and men whom we must beat before final victory is won. The war is now reaching the stage where we shall all have to look forward to large casualty lists, dead, wounded, and missing. War entails just that. There is no easy road to victory, and the end is not yet in sight. I have been back only for a week. It is fair that I should tell you my impression. I think I see a tendency in some of our people here to assume a quick ending of the war. The war and the result means false reasoning. I think I discern an effort to resume or even encourage an outbreak of partisan thinking and talking I hope I am wrong, for surely our first and most foremost tasks are all concerned with winning the war and winning a just peace that will last for generations. (coughs) The massive offensives which are in the making, (coughs) both in Europe and the Far East, will require every ounce of energy and fortitude that we and our allies can summon on the fighting fronts and in all the workshops at home. As I have said before, you cannot order up a great attack on a Monday and demand that it be delivered on Saturday. Less than a month ago, I flew in a big army transport plane over the little town of Bethlehem in Palestine. Tonight on Christmas Eve, all men and women everywhere love Christmas, are thinking of that ancient town and of the star of faith that shone there more than 19 centuries ago. American boys are fighting today in snow-covered mountains, in malarial jungles, on blazing deserts. They are fighting on the far stretches of the sea and above the clouds, fighting the thing that they, for which they struggle, I think is best symbolized by the message that came out of Bethlehem. On behalf of the American people, your own people, I send this Christmas message to you, to you who are in our armed forces. In our hearts are prayers for you and for all your comrades in arms who fight to rid the world of evil. We ask God's blessing upon you, upon your fathers and mothers and wives and children, all your loved ones at home. We ask that the comfort of God's grace shall be granted to those who are sick and wounded and to those who are prisoners of war in the hands of the enemy, waiting for the day when they will again be free. And we ask that God receive and cherish those who have given their lives and that he keep them in honor and in the grateful memory of their countrymen forever. God bless all of you who fight our battles on this Christmas Eve. God bless us all. Keep us strong in our faith that we fight for a better day for humankind here and everywhere. You have just heard the voice of the President of
7: the United States. This concludes the special Christmas Eve program conceived by the boys who are far from home this Christmas season. They wanted their loved ones to know how they were observing this day away from home.
3: From the NBC radio broadcast Christmas Eve 1943, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt there. Coming up, we'll take you to Christmas 1945 as we wrap up and we send you off into this Christmas afternoon with a remembrance of one of our dear friends to this program who we lost this year. We'll hear his closing prayer from the documentary film, 25 Steps. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com.
0: Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's
3: Stephen Tubbs. We wrap up this week's special edition, Christmas 2022 edition of the American Veteran Show. I'm Stefan Tubbs. Thank you so much for listening to us and maybe going back and listening to some of our podcasts, whether at the American Veteran Show website, AmericanVeteranShow.com, or our home base here in Denver, Colorado, USA. 710 KNUS dot com slash Stefan. And you can listen to every single episode we have ever done as we head toward next February, not too far away. And the beginning of season seven of this very radio program, we wrap up. We talked a lot about the Christmas Eve broadcast from 1943. Well, this is a similar one from 1945. And you keep in mind, the war is now over.
5: boys, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I want to welcome back a hometown boy who made good in the Big Fracas, one of California's contributions to the Eclipse of the Nips, screen star and naval flying hero, Lieutenant Commander Wayne Morris.
8: How about... It?
10: shoulders. Thanks very much. I am happy to be here in San Francisco. Very happy. Very happy? Yeah. You're a Los Angeles boy, aren't you? Mm huh Yes. I was born in Los Angeles, but for a while I came up here and lived in San Francisco. Really? Were you a freelance agent or a member of the regular underground? As a matter of fact, I do come from Los Angeles, Bob. In fact, I lived right next door to Betty Grable until I was 10 years old, and my folks moved away. Why'd they do that? Well, uh, my wisdom teeth were coming in a little bit too fast.
5: Well, Wayne, that's life for you. You live next door to a girl like Betty Grable, and you get old enough to appreciate it, and some other
10: guy horns in. Yes, it's too bad it wasn't you. You could have given him some competition. Well, it's great for opening my fan mail, anyway. I've been looking around the town. San Francisco has really changed a lot lately, hasn't it? Yeah, the civilians are walking on the sidewalks again. <laughs> Say, you were a lieutenant commander, weren't you, Wayne? Just what is that? Well, that's a rank about halfway between Nimitz and Popeye. Popeye, that's a sailor in San Francisco on a windy day. But, uh, Wayne, I
5: understand. Come along, we'll have fun. Wayne, I understand you had three planes
10: shot out from under you, say? Did you ever get the feeling you weren't coming back? Never, Bob. I always knew I'd come back. I had to come back. Well, what made you so sure? Warner Brothers had it in my contract. Well, it's nice to have it. A... Who's that?
8: That's like a
5: mic fixing a mic, isn't that something? Indianas came up and adjusted the mic. What, are you picking up a little side money, kid?
8: <laughs> Unions are pretty strong up here, you know.
5: What What do you want, Cap? Okay, let's move on.
8: <laughs>
5: Just got a nasty look from the producer. Where are we, Hal? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Well, you said Warner Brothers had it in my contract. <laughs> then
8: I say... Wouldn't it be great if we
5: had 45 minutes, huh? Well, it was nice to have it down in black and white. That was supposed to be a laugh until Bones came up
8: there. You know,
5: Wayne, by the way, my brother was shot down three times. How'd that happen, Bob? Well, the ladder was short, the wall was tall, and the warden was looking.
10: I suppose you're going back to Warner Brothers. Naturally, uh, but my lovemaking is a little rusty. Say, have you seen their new star, Lauren Bacall? Yeah, a nice sort of rust remover, isn't she? But you do all right, Wayne. I notice these waves in the audience really go for you. Oh, no, Bob. It's just that I knew a lot of these girls. Met them overseas. Really? Well, I'd like to get a date tonight with a gorgeous girl.
8: Oh!
5: Got memories, huh?
8: look, I'd like to get
5: a date tonight with a gorgeous girl. Uh, You think you could fix me up? Mm -mm. Uh, Not
4: enough.
3: That from the NBC radio broadcast, Christmas of 1945, and the war is over. We would be remiss if we didn't say, what an incredible American legend, though he was not born in the United States of America, Bob Hope. Just amazing decade after decade of what he did and the spirit that he was able to raise around the world. From World War II to Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War I and II, and so many other locations and and conflicts. What an American hero. And speaking of, earlier this year, September 11th, we lost one of our greatest friends to this program, Mr. Robert McAdam. Bob and Sherwin Butch Dessens featured in our documentary film from a few years ago called 25 Steps. Bob had lived an incredible life, and we knew that his time was approaching, and he did pass again in September. We want to go out with Bob's letter home, and this is part of the documentary film, and the next voice you'll hear, the legendary voice actor Peter Coyote.
1: Bob McAdam and Butch Dessens are prisoners at Stalag Luft 1. For their families, there is still no confirmation that they are even alive. Then, a letter from Bob to his mother. Dear Mom, For the first time in my life, I have plenty of time on my hands. However, most of my former activities are restricted here. You should know that... I'll be thinking of you every day until I walk through the door of the old mansion once again. Late summer of 1944 fades into chilly autumn. The men in Compound North 2 spend most of the day in their barracks, writing letters to the folks back home. Time passes quickly, and yet it seems like it has been a small eternity. Don't worry about my health, it is good. I only pray that yours may be
3: as good as mine. Please be good to yourself until I can take you in hand. Love, Bob. That from 25 Steps. Rest in peace. And one of the biggest honors of my life was delivering the eulogy at Mr. McAdams' funeral earlier this year. Reverend and Deacon, thank you. And my condolences to all of you. No finer man have I met. And I mean it, even today. That wraps up this special Christmas edition of the American Veteran Show here on 710 KNUS and around the world via the app or, of course, our website, 710KNUS.com slash Stephan or AmericanVeteranShow.com. I want to give just a quick bit of thanks to our wonderful producer, Michael Arpaio. Without him, this program would not have continued this year in sometimes behind the scenes, a little bit tumultuous Moments. And Michael, thank you so much. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson, for his financial support and getting the people that need to be paid paid. And by the way, that does not include me, but uh, we could not do it without you, Mr. Boson. BosonLaw.com, B O E S E N, BosonLaw.com, or 303 Ninety nine, ninety nine, and finally i won't take long but i just want to thank you for making this program perhaps a habit if you've come in maybe this season or this is the first episode please know that we dedicate this to our veterans our active duty and their families the men and women of the less than one percent of this nation that serves may they all have and may you all have a wonderful rest of your christmas 2022 and remember when you look back and you look back at the good old days, well, that's today. It's just you'll look back at today down the road. So love one another, be kind to one another, and always be thankful that we live in the greatest country on earth because of our United States military. Merry Christmas, everyone, and remember our troops. The American Veteran Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time
0: Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching